Want to know what the big trends are in e-commerce that you need to be taking advantage of? Then keep listening to this episode. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's awesome to have you tuning in and I hope peak has gone well, is going well. We are very nearly at the end of it. So today we've got something a little different for you. Um, This is kind of some big picture chat around what's working in e-commerce. So a good one to kind of listen to and just let it kind of be absorbed and let it influence your plans for next year because this is a definite must listen on that front. We are talking to someone investing millions in e-commerce businesses in the hope that they will grow massively and we're talking to him about what's working in the industry right now, what he's seeing amongst the brands he works with, some really great takes on what it's going to take to be a super successful brand coming up in this episode. I really enjoy talking to Raf. I think he's shared some really clear advice on what to do at that big picture level in your business, those big things that are going to go straight down on your strategy plan for next year. Please do make sure you listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on his top tips. They are really good this week and also my own take on this episode. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Raphael Theolon is an executive director at Verlinvest, a global private equity investment company with offices around the world. Raf leads the global Verlinvest digital consumer practice with investments in e-commerce stores, marketplaces and digitally native brands. Past investments include Who Gives a Crap, Lazada, Chewy and Purple, which is an Indian beauty site. Hello, Raf. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me today. It's great to have you on. And, um, you know, with all the huge, massive projects you're doing all around the world, thank you for spending the time to catch up with us all. You're very welcome. Happy to be here. Well, before we start picking your brains for some e-commerce genius advice, how did you end up in the world of e-commerce? I started as a consumer obviously. And I think that's quite relevant because as you kind of hinted on at Van Invest, we are, you know, true consumers before being investors, right? And so my own experience with e-commerce, I guess, started when I was studying probably 20 years ago and, and you know, buying uh, books um, off Amazon when they launched their marketplace in, in France. And then I remember uh, buying pairs of, you know, Vija sneakers 
back to my parents' home when I was living in LA for them to, to bring them over, right? So I think very quickly as a consumer, I was quite amazed about you know, the convenience and the power of e-commerce uh, where uh, when you knew uh, what you wanted to buy, right? Um, professionally, though, um, I think it started when I joined VanInvest around 10 years ago. Um, I think, you know, you, you said it, right? VanInvest, we are a global growth equity firm, which is truly passionate about uh, the consumer space. And what we try to do is to back entrepreneurs who like to change the world in some sort of form and offer better products, better experience, have a positive impact uh, on the planet and the people and who ultimately are driving consumer revolutions. And, uh, and e-commerce is definitely a huge consumer revolution. Uh, but the story of Invest in, in digital and e-commerce is probably the following, right? You know, we have a background in, um, in, in food and beverage, which is a space that we know extremely well. And generally speaking, in the consumer space, I think we, we kind of pride ourselves in, in trying to spot consumer trends and shifting behaviors pretty early, right? And then, and as I said, uh, back the teams that can make those change uh, really uh, you know, scalable and happen on a global basis. Uh, I think we did pretty well in beverage, in food, and other categories. I think if you look at our portfolio, we have companies like Oatly and Oat Milk, which is really driving the plant-based revolution. But what's fair to say is that 10 years ago, we didn't really know tech so well because we are from the consumer space, and we probably missed a bit on the first wave of e-commerce players. And so uh, you know, we sat down, did some homework, and, and I think so two big opportunities for us to kind of embark on. Uh, the first one was looking at uh, parts of the world where we were present, but where you know e-commerce was a total white space, was just not existent. And I think here a good example of what we did is, is back Lazada, which was the first e-commerce platform in Southeast Asia. And I spent the, you know, the last seven years living in Singapore and, and, and covering the region. So I, I know quite a bit of, of it. And so what's really interesting is they were the first one to build end-to-end -end, uh, logistics infrastructure and really convert consumers there uh, to buying online. And when you talk about a revolution, uh, I think today e-commerce in Southeast Asia is, is worth over $100 billion. It was basically zero when we started 10 years ago. In countries like Indonesia, the penetration of e-commerce today is 25%, whereas in some European markets like France or Italy, we only half of that, right? So the first, the first part was uh, looking at horizontal platforms that can be a one-stop shop um, in, 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 you know, in spaces where consumers didn't have that kind of offering. The other part of the thesis that we identified was in more mature markets where customers were becoming more sophisticated, you know, talk about US, Europe, I think they, there was an opportunity to offer a different experience than the Amazon of this world, right? And we saw a few platforms emerging that were usually built on the same recipe of, for success uh, and, and that were trying to really engage differently with consumers and get some real traction out of this, right? And um, examples of companies that we backed for that thesis are Chewy, which is the leading um, online, online pet retailer in the US, uh, Zalendo, uh, you know, the fashion uh, retailer and, and marketplace in Europe, uh, Purple in India, I think you mentioned earlier, which is a, a beauty platform in India. And all of those, I think they were exhibiting features that are very close to our heart, which is really, uh, you know, re relentless focus on building unique assortments. So developing their own brands or, you know, generating exclusive partnerships with some brands that you can't find on other platforms. I think a, a lot of focus on, on building a superior and tailored uh, customer service and user experience, 
which you know obviously is very hard for example platforms like Amazon where you sell almost everything to everyone. And and the last thing is really around the product, right? Better user experience, browsability, more content, more community engagement, really features that help create a brand beyond the platform. And so um, you know those are really the two the two parts of our investment thesis so far uh, in e-commerce at Van Invest. I love that first one, looking at locations that haven't yet experienced e-commerce, because those of us living in these mature markets and working in them, we kind of forget that large parts of the world are barely scratching the surface with e-commerce. And of course, there's some huge opportunities if you can get it right in that those marketplaces to, to learn all the lessons from the mature markets. So it must be a lot of fun working on those projects. For us, it was a lot of fun. Um, if you ask the management teams, I mean, they would probably say the same, but it was also a lot of pain, right? Because uh, one thing that we realized, if you again take the example of Lazada, is, um, you know, last mile logistics was not existing, right? So they had to build their own uh, complete end-to-end -end infrastructure and hire their own guys on their own bikes to deliver the parcels to the customers, right? So, but what's really interesting is they were first mover and then they led to really uh, a lot more um, you know, mature space now where the infrastructure, infrastructure is, is there for new entrepreneurs to take advantage of that and build the successful platforms of tomorrow. Yeah, it's almost creating an industry, not just creating a business at that level, isn't it? 100%, 100%. We should probably focus in on the mature market stuff, though, because that's what, what the majority of our listeners are tuning in for. And you're in a quite a an, a unique position of seeing, of being on the lookout for things you've got potential for growth and then helping those businesses find their path to growth. So um, let's kind of start with the obvious question here, uh, Raf. What, what do you think brands should be doing in mature markets to grow at the moment? Because I feel like it's changed a lot in the last couple of years. That move from purely transactional platforms to, to something more and which really our branded platforms and, and, and building on the same recipe for success than traditional offline brands is, is what we're seeing and what we're encouraging with some of our portfolio companies. Um, it is on the transaction side or the pure search side, it is obviously extremely hard to compete with, with Amazon and, uh, and it's becoming harder every day, right? So you have to find a different angle. I think what's for brands, you know, what's very important is, um, you know, the ability to be present to engage with your consumers and ultimately be available for purchase um, throughout the customer journey and at every, uh, you know, everywhere where the customers are, right? So um, uh, in the early days, there was some sort of, um, you know, um, split between digitally native brands and those traditional, um, you know, offline brands. I think that is irrelevant anymore. Like everyone has to find their, their right mix uh, through you know uh, looking at omni-channel, but but you have to be able to engage uh, with different customers, uh, you know, both online and offline. Yeah, it does seem like the days of the pure play are over. And we did a survey of our audience earlier this year, and it it seems like the great majority are now at the bare minimum on at least two different sales channels, if not three or four. For a brand, you're absolutely right. Now for a platform, it's obviously a bit different. And it's interesting to see how, you know, Amazon, who's doing so well online, still a bit struggling, uh, if they allow me to say that, when it comes to uh, running uh, stores. We know it's very different. Um, I think ultimately, we also also see some vertical e-commerce platforms 
trying to acquire existing um, offline chains or, or foray themselves. I think everyone will experiment. But when you're a brand, okay, and not uh, a multi-brand retail retailer, uh, the ability to be present uh, everywhere across channels, your own channels, also some sort of wholesale is extremely important. Um, and also that boils down to you know uh, brand visibility and driving the right acquisition metrics, right? We know for a fact through some of our portfolio companies that um, you know having offline presence, whether it's your own stores, um, whether it's presence in, in multi-brand concept, is usually uh, driving customer acquisition cost lower in the catchment area, right? So there is real synergies there. Yeah, it's often not looked at. People get so obsessed on channel by channel by channel that they forget the impact that, that all those different channels and all those different placements have together. Yeah, everyone listening, if you if you didn't quite catch that, which you should have done, you need an offline presence if you want to lower those acquisition costs. Now, something else I know that, that you're very interested in and we're very interested here on the in the podcast is this world of sustainability in the e-commerce space. And it is nothing if not a complex and confusing space which arguably the current economic crisis feels like we it it might push it to a back burner but i think it's something we've got to tackle in the e-commerce industry if we're going to survive long term and because it's the right thing to do is this something you're seeing a lot of with the businesses you're working with yeah you're right because as i said earlier sustainability and the ability you know to combine growth with a positive impact on um, on the planet is something which is um you know at the core of what we do and um, and, and and we are trying to back entrepreneurs uh, with a true mission around that if you look at one of our portfolio company who gives a crap which is a really cool brand out of australia selling uh, you know eco-friendly toilet paper and other household goods online to their own website, uh, you know, in different parts of the world. I mean, their mission was to push, uh, you know, consumers away from virgin papers where you have to cut, you know, millions of trees every day to do toilet paper and encourage them to go green, but without uh, compromising on quality or the kind of brand that they're using, right? So, so stability is, is, is absolutely important and, and it is going to be a big, big next topic in e-commerce because, um, I think we're getting more and more data points about um, the carbon footprint and the, uh, you know, some of the issues um, that are generated through uh, the unstoppable rise in e-commerce, right? Um, and if you take a couple of examples, I think um, um, you know, we'll have, everyone will have to help the global e-commerce scene to find a way to reduce returns, for example, right? Uh, Mentioned Zalando in you know in fashion sometimes returns are, are reaching forty to fifty percent of of total items and you know that is not super sustainable from a you know an environmental standpoint but also frankly from a financial point of view this is extremely costly right I think we're seeing rising consumer frustration and, and even backlash around the amount of packaging that that is you know included in e-commerce parcels. We'll have to find ways to either, you know, bundle uh, parcels from, from different e-tailers or I think, uh, you know, pick up points is a solution that will continue to grow. Again, with Who Gives a Crap, we're looking at developing our own branded uh, delivery fleets and only EVs. I think that's another interesting solution. Obviously, it comes with challenges, but that, that definitely goes in the right direction. So uh, we are looking at that, um, definitely in the sense of helping existing players 
just be better incrementally every day. I think another thesis that we are looking at are really dedicated platforms which are only selling whether it's secondhand goods or any sort of mission-driven products or, or you know products with a with a with a maximum carbon footprint. That is very interesting. But we also think from the data and we you know we 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 track very closely uh, consumer sentiment and and their behaviors in in our core markets is obviously the level of awareness around sustainability and the willingness to have an impact with your own consumption uh, behavior. This is very important, but especially in a difficult economical context, there is a limit to what consumers are ready to, to do where it really increase at the end of the day the cost of the product or the service uh, that they have to pay for. So you have to find the right balance. That balance is something I find quite fascinating in that you know, you, you have a, a brand like you mentioned who gives a crap, which from, from the outsider's perspective, my assumption would be that the sustainability that they're doing is absolutely brilliant. But the reason most people log onto the website and buy is convenience, funky looking packaging, being part of the who gives a crap crew, um, rather than necessarily, I need more sustainable toilet paper, where's the best option? So it feels like we're almost more encouraging the customers to make better decisions as an industry than we are using sustainability as the hook to bring the customers in. Absolutely. Absolutely. It goes together. Um, and, you know, Oatly is the same. You have to have, you know, to, to build a very engaging and relatable brand, uh, you know, invest in, in, in developing genuine and authentic uh, relationship and communication with your consumer. Um, and then obviously they are drawn to the additional uh, sustainability part of the value proposition, right? But if it's just about environment and you don't deliver on the rest of the expense, I think this is much harder for sure. I think it's something which people like myself need to get better at explaining in order to help retailers large and small make that shift. Because I think we've got we've got a role as an industry to help consumers get more savvy with these difficult decisions around the sustainability space. And, and like you were saying, to make the whole e-commerce ecosystem more sustainable. For those listening on that sustainability front, where would you recommend them to start attacking it in their business? Yeah, because it can feel a bit intimidating, right? When, the, when, when you don't know where to start. And I think um, our belief here at Vanvest is um, it's around you know, incremental good. Some, frankly, some businesses are, are, are completely mission-driven from the start. You know, we give the crap. We mentioned the um, the environmental mission. Um, they've also said it very clear from day one that 50% of their profits, 50%, are not 1%, <laughs> they will donate to build toilets, um, you know, uh, in developing countries. And so you have that, you know, twofold, super powerful, um, you know, mission. But um, not all businesses have been created like this. Um, I think it's really about incremental impact, right? And just, um, you know, um, breaking down your entire supply chain, your entire logistics. Um, uh, maybe I start there because this is usually where you have, um, you know, the, 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 the biggest, um, you know, low-hanging fruits, right? And, and just, you know, build plans to, to, to improve every day, right? That's where we, we spend time with our companies. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. 
cash is king. Are you tying up your capital with goods that take months to arrive? Wave goodbye to cash flow headaches with trade. They pay your supplier invoices up front and you pay trade back up to four months later. This lets you free up capital to invest in your growth. No dilution, no complicated repayment scheme, just a transparent flat fee for each financed invoice. Learn more or apply to see if trade can help your business grow at trade.io forward slash master plan. Now trade is spelled T-R-E-Y-D. So that's T-R-E-Y-D dot I-O slash master plan. We've all reached peak frustration at one point or another with Google Ads. You've created a beautiful campaign with all the right keywords and targeting and ads that are the perfect fit for your perfect customer. But the sales just aren't coming in and you just can't work out which Google Ads lever you should pull to fix it. Sound familiar? Well, thanks to my friends over at Specialist PPC Agency Digital Gearbox, you don't have to struggle any longer. Digital Gearbox take the hassle out of navigating the murky, dark arts waters of Google Ads. And right now they're offering a free in-depth account audit for anyone who might be stuck in a rut with their campaigns. To improve your Google Ads performance, please book your free audit today at digitalgearbox.co.uk forward slash masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, Ralph, you shared loads of great advice already, but it's now time for us to move into the top tips round, which is going to give me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, Ralph, are you ready for these? Okay, let's start with them with the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, look, since we all are e-commerce lovers here, one good recommendation that I have is a book called Working Backwards. It was written by um, Colin Breyer, who's someone of very high quality that I have a chance to work with. And he used to be, among many things, uh, chief of staff of uh, Jeff Bezos in the early days of Amazon. And, and, and this book is really around Amazon and how, you know, as the company grew, uh, they structured their processes um, and often really from the ground up and very different from what every, everyone else was doing. Uh, and so what I like about this book, it's very, uh, it's very practical. You know, it's just uh, uh, how to improve your hiring process, the way you run, uh, you know, a weekly management meeting, um, the way you make decisions. Uh, and so it's really a good read for everyone, I find. Excellent. I've not come across that one before, so I'm going to have to go and put it on my wish list. Good, good book. Top recommendation. Okay. The traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? It's a good question. So, um, again, I think because of our background, uh, you know, all about building amazing lasting brands and also being quite long term, we really value uh, retention, right? The ability to create best-in-class stickiness with your existing customer base. And so um, a lot of the time that we spend with our portfolio companies, you know, obviously you need to to be quite aggressive when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, being, uh, you know, present in front of new customers and and helping them, uh, you know, convert. But um, often spending a lot of time on on retention provides the highest uh, ROI, right? And, uh, And one thing that is often disregarded, but... Uh, you know, personalized emails to your existing, um, you know, customer base 
uh, are proving to be very efficient when they're well done. Yeah, when they're well done, everybody. <laughs> Correct. You don't want to spam your customers every day with uh, you know, uh, irrelevant content either. Also, I think we really believe in the power of content, right? And so investing in pro proprietary content, whether you know, UGC or, or, or company-led, um, is often a very good way you know, to drive organic acquisitions, to drive SEO, and to drive you know, differentiation versus multiple similar players out there. The marketing method that just keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> Investment in content. Okay, uh, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I won't be super original here. I think we are you know, we're using the same slack and whatsapp as um, everyone else i think we can probably do a better job um, you know internally at maybe using some um, some really cool solutions like notion yeah no look at it's gonna sound a bit old school but at the end of the day actually uh, you know shutting down laptops and smartphones and you know being in the room and 100 percent focused in the moment even like for 15 minutes with your team this is usually usually when you actually drive the best decisions uh, and, and the most quality discussions. Oh, always up for an old school <laughs> offline tip in this part of the show, always. Um, it's so easy just to get totally focused in on Slack or, you know, whatever other tools you're using and forget to actually talk to people. Okay, the last one, the big one, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I've actually a fairly easy answer. I think um, you, you need to focus on making every single experience perfect. Um, and you know, I think some of the, some of the shortcomings or, or, or you know, um, drawbacks of the last couple of years and this whole like COVID exuberance is just um, you know, that gross at all cost mindset and, and kind of missing the point on the fundamentals. When, when you have a business of that size, like making sure that every consumer touch point is memorable, um, that is a way of success because it's going to drive word of mouth, it's going to drive referrals, it's going to drive repeats, and that's the way to go. Yeah, it's the easy stuff, she says, doing inverted commas, but it's not easy to do it well. Yeah, but at least, you know, so that's where you first focus on perfect operations, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a checkout experience that works, on-time delivery, uh, maybe some personalized note at some point throughout the experience. But if for whatever reason, um, the experience is not perfect on the consumer side, and obviously it happens. And, you know, the more orders you have, the more it happens. And you need to really invest time, efforts, and passion into customer service. I think, uh, especially in e-commerce, you know, uh, we discussed Chewy, which has been a fantastic uh, success story. I think one thing that they understood so early on is the power of customer service and to some extent the fairly limited costs associated with it if you you know you have your own staff able to obviously address all type of post transaction issues but also also serve as a sounding board on some sort of advisory upper in the decision funnel to advise on brands to advise on products and become um, you know the the stuff that was kind of missing um, in e-commerce when you think about going to an offline stores, right? When you can have a salesperson helping you. And I think the platforms we've been able to replicate that online, uh, I've been able to create uh, immense brand love and equity. 
Excellent. Uh, well, look, uh, Raf, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure. So you can go and check out our website. I think beninvest.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, send me a note and I will try to do my best to reply as soon as possible. Yeah, that's always the caveat, isn't it? <laughs> Bear with me, people. <laughs> okay, uh, Raf, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast. It has been a real treat getting the high level view of what's going on in the industry and what's working right now from someone such as yourself. So we really appreciate you sparing the time to come on. Thank you, Chloe. It's always a real pleasure to get to catch up with someone who has a different view on our industry and a different view because they're playing on such a different level the guys doing the you know the big private equity the big venture capital so i'm uh, really pleased ralph could spare the time to come and talk to us and loving those big themes he was talking about a lot of what we talk about already in this podcast i'm feeling a little bit smug about that to be honest but also you know just some real clarity in there it really is all about that brand and that experience piece at the moment invest time energy and passion in customer service if you want to find out a bit more about them, it's verlinvest.com, which is V-E-R-L-I-N-V-E-S-T. And you can get our notes from today's episode and those top tips, plus links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or use the direct episode links. That's just ecmp.info forward slash episode number, and that will take you straight to the correct page. Once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you liked this episode and you liked that kind of big customer experience focus that was going through what Raf was telling us about, then why not have a listen to our sister show, Keep Optimising, where we've just done a whole month of different takes on how to improve your customer experience. You can find all of those by heading over to keepopt.com forward slash CX or just find the Keep Optimizing podcast on your podcast player of choice and you'll quite quickly find those episodes because I think that will help you put some practical pieces around those big picture things we've been talking about today. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new one of these interviews every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to sustainability. So if you know someone this show can help, tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have an excellent week and do not forget ever to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. It's top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.